Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. You wouldn't think no would be a powerful word to use in your business, but it is. Well, I mean, there's definitely the power of saying no to being too busy, um, to taking clients that you actually don't want to work with or don't feel like you can help. Um, saying no to giving more than you've been compensated for. But what happens when you see something in your industry that you actually don't believe in but you know is an unpopular opinion. Today, I wanna share with you how I've worked through this and some questions that might help you as you unravel this for yourself as well. When I was putting my program together for Shaman School, there was a place where it was really popular to do um, six week programs um, or like at most six month programs, right? So, and this was coming from a business strategy standpoint where um, strategists would recommend doing this so that you could sell your programs. Um, it's a number that feels good to people. So it's like, well, if you want the people to sign up, then you need to do a, a short-term offer. Um, they would say people nowadays have less capacity for big, in-depth, intricate things, and that they get better results from short, easy-to-understand things. More complexity is bad, which I get. And I, um, you know, I agree, especially for new coaches starting out. And especially if you are working with mostly cold traffic or people that don't know you at all. Um, and I certainly understand the value of simplicity um, in helping people get results, even though I'm not always the best at keeping things simple for myself. <laughs> um but in that moment, I had to navigate a couple of things, you know, there's a place where uh, part of me will say no or object to a mainstream point of view just for the sake of doing it, or just because I'm not going to be like those people that do things just for money or just for the sale. And there was a place where I was missing out on some growth for myself and my growth for my business. If I was just automatically a no to something that is proven to work well, right? So I found that middle place where I said, no, I'm actually not going to offer something that doesn't work just because it sells better. Um, I actually experimented with it. And um, although it wasn't a complete bust or anything, I kept finding consistently that the shorter period of time didn't actually get people all the way to the point that they wanted to get to. It left them short of what they actually wanted. It left them short of the results that they actually wanted. What I found um, through actually working with students is that honestly, six months isn't enough. It just isn't enough for most people to actually gain what they are really looking for, to embody their work, to actually trust themselves, to actually feel confident in what they're doing and actually trust their gifts and be able to make a jump in their business. And even so, the business strategists in me, or otherwise, 
might push for that shorter program. And I'm saying no to the status quo in this case, right? But I've also done some healing around it. So it wasn't a gut reaction, no, a gut reaction objection. I tried what they recommended. And when I found that it didn't work, um, I started offering what actually works, what actually helps, what actually gets somebody to the other side of what they're seeking. And at the same time, from the spiritual and shamanic community, the work that I'm offering in this short eight-month program is years of experience, of direct experience with working with clients and the spirits, um, working on my own inner work and shadow. And it is delivered in a shorter period of time than many advanced and long-term programs. And so on the other end of it, there's a whole group of people that also would say my program is way too short. <laughs> but I also know that my teachers are my teachings are layered and that they move and grow with you over time. And so from the other side of the shamanic world, offering an advanced program in such a short period of time is usually looked down upon, at least by uh, including folks that I have respect for, right? And so I've had to find my way into my own inner knowing and trust of um, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, um, and what works for my clients and for me. And I always like to remind people slash myself that there isn't just one way to do shamanism. There isn't like a correct way. There are traditional ways, but that doesn't inherently mean that it's the best. And we should be careful and conscious of this, especially as practitioners um, or as spiritual guides where we might be, where other people might be looking up to you or using you for guidance or even using you for authority. And we should be careful or full of care not to let our own personal scarcity and desire to be special be a way of reinforcing the old ways that are wanting to be let go. So there's a couple of things in the spiritual community that I think we have to constantly dance with um, within lineages and traditions um, and different ways of practicing this work. There are going to be rules and protocols according to different people. And I want to be clear that heritage and tradition is important and should be honored and respected. And just because it's been done in a certain way for a long time doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be done. So I notice when I meet someone who is newer to the work, maybe they've taken a couple of workshops um, or done a short shamanism course or done a couple plant medicine retreats um, or even folks who have done other spiritual work and say they do shamanic healing, but don't actually have a relationship with the spirits. Or, um, you know, when I meet people that offer plant medicine work after really like no training other than a few experiences themselves um, in those situations, a whole lot of my being wants to say, no, that's irresponsible. That's not the way it should be done. And in many ways, it's true. Um, but while my being is screaming, that's irresponsible or that's misleading, um, there's a whole other part of my being, if I'm going to be honest, that's actually screaming, that's unfair. You haven't paid your dues like I have. 
or you haven't done enough work. Um, and I think that this is actually part of that old system, that old mentality that still believes that we need to suffer in order to prove our worth or our value or our accolades. There's a place where a lot of me is afraid, <laughs> if I'm being honest, that if word gets out about um, this type of work, um, that as more people get involved, that it might be diluted and people might lose the essence of what I believe this work really is. I compare it a lot to the way yoga has shown up and changed in the United States and changed over time. And it's a pretty similar story, or at least might be headed in that direction. Um, for yoga, you know, there were people who had been practicing it long before it became popular and practicing like all of the yoga is not just stretching your body and, you know, devoted their life to it. So I understand that. Then to see um, some of the superficial ways or what they might believe are superficial ways that yoga is being used now is kind of like, oh man, it's like a stab right to the soul. And so it's understandable for them to feel like it's wrong and want to defend, um, you know, what they really know it to be and the depth of what it actually is. And also that there's a bunch of people using yoga in a mainstream way and maybe not in the deepest way that it can be used is not a bad thing. It's brought a lot of good to people, even if it is superficial, because they're still receiving the benefits from it. And it's making its way into our everyday lives in a really beneficial way even if it's not the traditional way, even if it's not the way we think it should be, even when we think we've done years of this work and therefore everybody else should have to do years of this work. And so the true, same is true for shamanism, right? And I know for me, again, there's those two places that, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, um, please stop, please stop um, offering work before you've done your work around it. And there's another place where it's like, oh, I'm mad because I wasn't able to give myself that permission. Let's just be real about that. And there's a part with being, with that being seen that for me, I really want um, to cover up, you know? Um, I really want to cover up that that might be some of what it's about. Um, and it's coming from the place of wanting to protect this work and the depth of what I know it is. And there is a part of my soul that hurts when I feel like it's not being used in the same way that I want it to be used or I know it to be. And part of my role here, part of my healing here, is to let some of that go. If I'm being honest, there's a part of me that's afraid that if more people learn it and are open about it and offer their services, I'll like lose my stake. I'll lose what makes me different. I could lose what holds my livelihood. And 
I'm really not interested in continuing this hierarchy, especially in spiritual leadership. I trust my ability to create and innovate. I trust that when the mainstream catches up back to the old ways of being and blends it with the knowledge we've gained from modernity, I trust it's going to be a good thing. And if I'm worried about losing my livelihood, then my real work isn't asserting my hierarchy or dominance or asserting this old way that you need to do more work or suffer more. But healing the part of me that doesn't think I can create something new again. And I truly believe that people are ready. They are ready for this work. And a lot of people have been doing their inner work and learning fast. We're learning a lot faster than we used to, or maybe at least remembering a lot faster. So there's this place in business and offering your work where you'll also be faced with the same thing. You'll be faced with making a decision about what you actually stand for and have to navigate to what extent are you actually sort of sabotaging yourself by not moving through a place where it's time to grow? And to what extent are you actually holding a boundary on what you believe, right? Um, another place this has shown up is I really wanted to cover up any part of um, this work where it might relate to money. I don't believe that your offer has to be related to money in order for, in order for it to be valuable. I know that to be true, both from witnessing other people and I've proven it to myself you know, by offering this work not related to money. And then it comes to a point where I don't need to prove that point anymore. When I look back on when I first started doing this work, um, I really, I mean, I got into shamanism for my own consciousness exploration and my own personal healing. And it grew from there. I definitely never thought when I started, I'd be doing this as a profession. And then I definitely, definitely never thought that I would also be blending shamanism with money and business. <laughs> Had a lot of resistance there. Um, and some of it comes from morality, right? Um, and being afraid of things being misused or diluted, right? Really, again, that comes from like in my mind, it was morality in my mind. I was like holding this like higher role of higher integrity. Um, but in reality, it really just came for my fear and mistrust of others. And then my resistance of blending it with business um, and really just starting my business in the first place, that all came from my shadow, from my belief about what money is from my belief about businesses and my belief about what it means to be in integrity. And one of my biggest shadow places has been money and business. It was a whole part of me that I wanted to cut off. I wanted to cut out. I wanted to make sure this was not part of the work I'm here to do. It's not part of why I do it. In fact, I don't even need it. It doesn't even interest me, right? So of course, that fear would lead me to end up healing that in myself and teaching it, of course. 
you usually end up teaching the thing you're learning. <laughs> and um, that means including it. Including this whole part of myself that I was denying or afraid to bring out because I thought it would be bad. I thought I'd be like them. And I didn't realize that it was actually keeping me from being in integrity by cutting a whole part of me out. Now it's included. There's more integrity in it. There's more parts of who I am in it. And are there going to be people that think what I'm doing is wrong and are mad about what it looks like? <laughs> yep. There are going to be people mad at you no matter what you do. <laughs> But yes, there is, there's going to be people. Um, and also this is why it's so important to cultivate that relationship with spirit and the trust of that relationship and the trust of yourself. And what I've learned is that when you have that, then it's not about proving that I'm right or having to demonstrate anything or justify myself. The point is that I know what I'm being guided to and I trust myself and how I'm bringing my work forward. And I trust that the spirits chose me to do it for a reason. That's another part of it. To stop fighting with the spirits when they ask you to do something. And I've always been really interested in social change. You know, when I was younger, I was uh, definitely a social justice warrior you know, um, environmentalists, pretty extreme on those fronts. Um, and, and then I went inward for a while. I realized actually, I think that the biggest opportunity for change is inward, you know, and now I'm coming back out and there's a place where I find that actual change comes from doing it differently than the ones before you did. And you don't have to make them wrong in the process, right? The way they did it isn't wrong. It's just not what we need anymore. There's a place where real social change actually comes from diverging from the group. And um, yeah, that's scary. That's a place where it's like, oh, there's this thing I see that I wanna say, or that I think is wrong or doesn't work anymore. But because it's not a popular belief, I'm afraid that if I say it, that people will leave me. I'll be ostracized. I'll be kicked out. I won't belong anymore. I'll be misunderstood. <laughs> but actually, when we are the one to name that, we create an opening. We create space. We create an opening where the actual change can begin to happen. And this is true both in the spiritual work and on the business side of things. The same is true if you're coming from the other side of the circle. You know, maybe you've been more in the business world and you're bringing your spiritual side in. You're bringing your spiritual side into the mainstream. You know, also scary, also risky, or it feels like it is. And man, when you do it, you give permission for all these people that secretly feel these things to feel them, you create the possibility, the opening for change.
So I'm saying no to this old belief that in order for you to be legit, it has to look different than I know is possible, that it has to look like the ones that came before you. And I'm seeing what is wanting to happen with shamanism specifically. And I think this is also true for spiritual business, um, especially which is largely changing the lives of um, many women and many lower economic, traditionally lower economic class people, right? They're bringing their work forward. They're balancing the system. Shamanism specifically, um, I see the way it is growing and spreading, though not traditional, as being a means of it becoming incorporated into our lives again. And I don't think that that happens if we withhold it, if we keep it separate as a thing that's special, that's only for certain people, or only if you're chosen, or only if you pay your dues. What is wanting to happen is this for this work to actually just not even be special anymore. To not be held separately from our lives and from each other. If I want to put out good work in the world and show up and have a thriving business, I have to trust my own seeing. Taking risks is a very big part of being a spiritual entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur in general. Taking risks is a very big part of being a healer in general. You have to be able to continue to take risks over and over and over again. And the way you get better at taking risks is by working on trusting yourself more and more. And I recommend building that trust in a safe space. So I trust my vision. I trust what I'm seeing wants to happen. And then it's not about me. I trust my connection to spirit and what I'm guided to offer, even if other people don't agree, even if people I respect don't agree. What's going to happen is to include the shadow side. That's how we create change. So, so we're not continuing to perpetuate this old system and being actually able to say, no, this is how I think it should be done. And though it might be uncomfortable, but it's also the way change happens. That's the way transformation begins. And if I'm honest about what I see and believe, again, especially with shamanism, I'm still nervous about it. <laughs> I still really want people to embody this work and understand it in a deep way. And the way that I experience it and understand it. And so by withholding it, um, I'm meaning to protect it, but I'm actually not helping it. 
I'm actually harming it. I'm realizing that um, protecting it doesn't mean keeping it separate. That's not keeping it safe. And it's not keeping it safe if I really want to uh, let this work get out more. So instead of pulling all of this energy in and trying to protect it, I'm putting my energy into trusting you, trusting you and your ability to navigate it, trusting you and your ability to be in integrity with yourself. That's my gift. That's what I came here to do. Come a long way to find that sweet spot. For a long time, I hid under morality. But what I was actually doing is hiding from myself. For a long time, I focused on what I thought other people were doing wrong instead of actually doing anything myself. I walked that tightrope and I found my balance and my ability to speak. And so I wanna share some core beliefs that we hold here at Holton Healing Arts. One, each person has unique gifts that have value and deserve to be seen. Two, spiritual work should be well paid. Three, spiritual gifts can and should be taught. It's not just for the chosen ones. Four, your business is a beautiful expression of who you are. Five, possibilities are limitless when you decide to show up and you decide that you want it. We believe you should love the work you do. Love your clients. Love working with your clients. We believe you should enjoy breaks, relaxation, self-nourishment, maybe even vacations. We believe you should feel free to speak your truth. We believe you should have the courage to help your clients like no one else will. Believe in clear boundaries and that you get to determine what you do with your time and not have to figure out how to fit things into the time you have. We do not believe that you should have to be the one doing everything, going it solo and unsupported. We believe you should not have to worry and compare yourself to others or to say yes to something you want to say no to. We believe you should not be afraid to be ridiculously wealthy. We believe you should not have to keep working for something you don't actually believe in. 
you believe in these things too and are ready to grow your business to five-figure months and beyond and start using your gifts to help others, you are invited to Shaman School. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for listening. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership? If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, HoltonHealingArts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Another question today from one of our members from the Leading with Spirit private Facebook group. And the question is, how do I connect with the divine and the planet? And this one actually is pretty simple. The easiest way to connect with the divine and the planet is to connect to your own sacred desires. So we want to remember that there's a difference between our sort of shallow and surface level desires that are based on need and lack and our more, our deeper, you know, soul desires. So if you find yourself fantasizing about doing something, maybe you're really envious about what somebody else is doing or finding um, kind of like what I think of as I dig for in my awareness, the thing that I most want, but am least comfortable saying out loud. (laughs) And this is the direct line to the divine and the planet. This is the way that the earth actually speaks through us. So these messages, these desires, and these fears are all the way that the earth is coming up and through us. And so when we turn to those things and actually look at them, that is the medicine that's actually coming from and through the earth that it is dreaming up through us. So the more we can look at our own inner world, our own deepest desires, and often they're linked to our deepest fears, right? The more directly we we are connected to the earth and to the divine. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.